Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 505. I just got back from Grand Rapids Comic Con, and it was a lot of fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, we... We only talked about it. We, you and me talked about it. I know. We didn't talk about it on the podcast at all. Podcast. Tony didn't go in a podcast um, capacity. He just went to enjoy it as a fan. And it was a different experience, but uh, an experience that I haven't had in a while. Because, again, originally went to these things as fans, and then going to get interviews and everything, it it sucks a lot out of your weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... It, you're working. Right. And you don't get to enjoy as much as... And, yes, we do get to enjoy some things, but it was it was a break of pace. A but we haven't gone to any cons this year. Right, almost wouldn't have gone uh, this weekend. But it's in our hometown and mm-hmm. having some friends that you know wanted to see. Uh, it was great. It was a great time to just relax, talk to some people, and you know set up some things for later on. Sure. And, uh, yeah. Bought yeah. bought a s- small. Dice set. When I say that, they are mini dice. They're the cutest little small <laughs> dice that uh, somehow they somehow roll in my favor. I had a set, and they unfortunately because they're so small, I lost them. And you know, there's a lot of people selling different intricate dices, but that was my my one perk. But there was so much good art going on, yeah, I bet. and if I had more of the money, I would spend it all on the arts, yeah. but I didn't. But again, Grand Rapids Comic Con is a good smaller con, and uh, I tell everyone they should definitely check it out if you're in the area. Sure. But to business, uh, we get to some reviews eventually. Yes, it's uh, uh, a lot of to- other things. Yeah, Tony and I have been pretty brutally honest about how this this podcast doesn't really follow any one particular format yeah. other than normally we do reviews and then news yeah um, but we mixed things up we got a little crazy this week and mixed Ooh. things up but there were some important things we wanted to cover before we got into the comic book reviews yep so uh grab a cold one and enjoy drunk on comics podcast episode 505 duck hunt duck hunt duck hunt I put too much emphasis on the last (laughs) syllable. (laughs) What a hell of a week for superheroes, at least the good guys, but that's all we'll say about that. What? What? You know what I'm alluding to. Oh, I see. (laughs) I know what Tony's doing. You're right. We will leave it at that. (laughs) Good call. (laughs) But it has been a pretty good week. Um, He's smiling today, which I haven't seen Tony do in a while until I've been here for about an hour. Well, Or he's high. (laughs) It is not that. Uh, But Wakanda Forever came out and it was so beautiful. Yeah. I'm going to be... Spoiler free. Yep. Ish. Well, I mean, I may say something or two, but uh, I just, I just want to say that I've never. I, I, it was, it was a very grieving type movie. Which, looking at Phase Four of Marvel movies, I realized there's a lot of loss through all the movies. Yeah. And it's something. It's like I think that was their theme with all these which everyone's like why they don't feel as connected as they used to and stuff well we'll get there sure uh, you know there's a lot of pe- like secondary characters that have been introduced throughout all these new movies that are going to probably form some form of new avengers if they're younger or thunderbolts if they're kind of on the bad side but either or all these shows and the movies in particular dealing with you know the grief and loss, and we all know that this movie missing Chadwick, yeah, is going to touch on that. Yeah, did they did they properly explain? Because like obviously in the last movie and in his last appearance, there was no hint of yeah. impending death. I mean, it starts off with with something. Again, I'm trying to be a spoiler. I know. Free, I just want to know but, if you feel like they did a good job. Ex- yes. Like, covering that. Yes, and I, 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 like, 
and it's weird too because again he is you know as an actor like there's other actors that have passed away that there aren't this you know a whole movie dedicated to their character passing away because the actor passed right. away like you replace James Bond you replace other people even I'm sure in Star Wars if they wanted to do something they'd probably replace a character as the person because you know you, you just can but in this sense, because he embodied that character, because as a person, Chadwick was just such a an amazing just person. He yeah. was so good and nice that this was the proper send off, and it was far better than I even expected it was going to be. So going in expecting, you know, they're going to have to do something about that, it was great. Um, it's already, uh, you know blasting past uh you know some projections it's the second highest or it's the highest november opening ever um hunger games the year before or a couple years like before got like was yeah, like the several highest. several years before yeah. at this point and then it's the second highest this year opening Weekend. After um that one I'm not sure I think uh Multiverse of Madness opened a little bit bigger hmm. um I can't really think this year doesn't seem that big well Thor ca- Thor came out this year yeah but I don't that didn't have as much staying power which I think will kind of forever will have are a you talking far... about in terms of just um Marvel movies it was the second highest one ever but it's or is it in terms of all movies that came out in... I was thinking all came out um either or the numbers are all just you know for them to kind of pat their backs and say sure however it did but it's already over 180 million domestic wow and 330 uh million worldwide wow um it definitely i could see this being another one of marvel's will pass a billion dollars there is the new Avatar movie that's coming out, which could dethrone it. We also have Ugh. Black Adam that is also in theaters right now. It that, did, yeah, but it's not. That's, but it's not got its staying no. power. But again, when the first uh, Black Panther came out and it made billions, that came out in February with not a lot of competition for months mm-hmm. on end. Right now we have a lot of other big projects coming out uh, movie-wise that may dethrone the king but right now it's it's doing pretty good and i kind of want to go see it a second time just yeah. because the first time there was so much going on and you're just feeling that now i kind of want to go back but it as the reviewers have said it doesn't feel like a marvel movie which is a weird way to say but i have to agree with that it there's action sequences but again it's a very um i don't know heartfelt movie yeah emotional movie is what i want to say you didn't so one of the one of the worries is that it was gonna the storyline was gonna feel forced and that they were gonna force a female into the role of black panther and it was not gonna feel genuine uh I, i will say this there's some surprises and there's some things that it felt the whole movie felt natural. Okay. In fact... Did, the, Na- did Namor a man spread on the throne? Uh, I think... You know what? There are some things with Namor that I wasn't looking for. Uh, I, he does say Imperius Rex, but it was one ah. of those things that I went in thinking, when's he going to say it, and then totally forgot about it. Yeah. And then when he said it, I was like, oh yeah, I would have been mad after the fact. Had he not... But I'm just like, there's so much other visualizing with him as a character and the changes that they did that that's the one thing it's not really spoiling but we all know it's not uh following the comic book origins for him and i honestly think for the better yeah this is like way more interesting uh people had said that they feel um he could have been seen as just like aquaman if they did the whole atlantis thing and after seeing this movie, I totally agree. Aquaman, the movie and everything, and just, you know, comic books, but just visually-wise, uh, Jason Momoa and, and and how... I forget the director for that movie, but how they incorporated the underwater scenes and everything, 
it would have felt like a carbon copy. But when you take this to an Aztecian type god in like a whole different area in right. the world, it really felt more organic. And then when you learn some of the intricacies of this underwater civilization and why it hasn't been found, um, there are some parallels of how they got discovered with some people doing some scientific stuff because mm-hmm. in the comic books they were trying to i think uh destroy some ice uh um bergs to do shipping lanes and that got the attention of namor yeah to fight people because and then he flooded new york city yeah yeah fuck people but this it, there's there's a big reason why namor and wakanda are tied and that's all i'll say but it was int- intricately well done Cool. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I just um, don't like going to the movie theater yeah. when it's packed full anymore. I just don't. I and, don't want to. I mean, it. it yes, our, our theater was full. It's an interesting thing, too, when you, uh, when you go to these, especially open night, and then the tense moments, like when it is just you could hear a pin drop in the theater, yeah. and that happened a couple times. I cried at the beginning tell you the truth uh my brother said he cried a couple times just like oh i'm gonna cry the whole time probably you, you <laughs> they're just those parts where you just feel that emotion and yeah. you yeah just the tears kind of or happy tears and stuff and it's just great but then <laughs> those happy times too when someone starts clapping and the whole crowd starts clapping <laughs> god that that always <laughs> i'm just like all right that's a little cringe for me but then again i'll say this too though i clapped at when people started coming through the port, like, oh, at the yeah, you know, I've mentioned it multiple times. Like, just thinking of it gives me this weird rush of like, you know, exhilaration. Yeah, just imagine that you know, an end game and everyone coming through. Marvel, Marvel knows how to hit sure. those emotions in you. And sure. We'll talk more about the movie and some specific scenes. When Lynn finally goes sees it. and then... Well, we also have to give our listeners a chance to go. Not all of them went yeah. opening weekend. So we do got to respect, like, the the buffer. Yes. But it is well worth the price of admission. Um, I guess I don't want to say anything. It, it does feel like it is the closing of this Phase 4, which, because it is. Um, and I'm very looking forward to um, where they go on, not only from this, but all the other movies that they've done. Yeah and see so exciting stuff man um multiverse of madness is the highest grossing of the year's opening weekend 187 million well and i think too it's because people were going and expecting something that they didn't necessarily get right i still enjoyed the movie it was it was good but it definitely i wish it was more multiversey well also uh kind of uh i'd save it more for news later but because we're talking about it uh, I just saw that they've casted Owen Wilson in the new uh, Deadpool 3 movie. He's going to be uh, Mobius again. Okay. Which, for me, just makes me start thinking of what they're going to do, which is we know at the end of Deadpool 2 he had cables uh, going through time, a portal, or time, tra- what the fuck would you call it? Time machine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which could get the, you know, the TVA on him. So if then... This whole movie is Deadpool jumping to different times and different universe. Like, we could get what people thought Multiverse of Madness would be with Deadpool. Oh, okay, hold on, hold on, because I'm I'm having, like, I'm, I'm setting myself up for disappointment here. Because <laughs> in my head, I'm like, you've read all of those. Deadpool kills Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Deadpool kills the literary universe, right? You could totally do one of those series with him just jumping around and, like... Because he is so self-aware. Like, my favorite one was when he went around and, and tried to kill... I think it was called Deadpool Illustrated, And he literally wanted to go kill the writers of... Oh, yep. Of all the the um, stories that superheroes and comic books mm-hmm. were based off. So, like, the writer Sherlock Holmes, the writer Moby Dick, all that stuff. It was such a great storyline. And I'm not saying that's the one they should do, but totally go around and do something and like I that. And I thought that's what they would go. I don't think they will now, only because of the way She-Hulk already kind of did that in the real world. I don't think they'd want to just copy that. But I do see him going and correcting and revisiting. This is just all just thoughts and theories. 
but with adding, you know, a TVA person, you know time travel has to be involved. Yeah. And what they've also said is Merge that the two universes. having Logan come in this will not take away from Logan's sacrifice and what happened in the Logan movie. Well, no, that was in the future. Yes, but in order for that future to happen, you need to have Wolverine still be in that right. universe, but you could easily pluck Wolverine out to go on some story with Deadpool. Well, yeah, they've already explained how that works, and then divergent insert, timelines. Or just insert him back into it at the end, right. which then gets rid of uh, Hugh Jackman needing to be Wolverine again because he wants to do this once, but he doesn't want to full-time do it again. Right. It could then give him his uh, ending. He's in the MCU, but now he's back in his proper universe of whatever movie he gets plucked from. What if the storyline is that Deadpool finds out that Disney bought Fox <laughs> and he's really upset that they haven't merged the Marvel universe with the X-Men universe yet. And that's the whole plot of the movie. I mean, I would is be Deadpool trying to merge those two franchises together. How amazing would that be? <laughs> but again, I think there's going to be more, uh, of the going into some different movies. At least I'm hoping. Yeah. Which is what I had hoped for you Multiverse just, of Madness, but didn't get. They just start editing him into the Marvel movies that have already existed. Yeah. <laughs> or all you need to do is have, show the scene that they already shot for the movie. Like, it would give the nostalgic factor of like, oh, I remember this. But then you, all you have to do is if you could cast, like, as a cameo appearance, like that person walking off screen and then in the next room is Deadpool then talking to them it makes you feel like, wait, did this already happen in this universe? Right. And we just didn't see it? Or how, I don't know. Oh, it gives me... They, see, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm in my head, I'm like, this, I'm going to be disappointed in whatever the actual movie is now, because so it's not going to be too. that. I know. <laughs> um, I, uh, and then one other thing before we get to some reviews uh, is we definitely need to talk about Kevin Conroy, and I feel like we should do that. Just yeah. right now, just to... It was, it was, so I texted my child the other day, because he has COVID, oh. so he's at his dad's house, and then I asked him how he was feeling. He was like, I was feeling good, and then I, and then I opened my phone and saw Ke uh, Kevin Conroy, and I was like, what? And then he told me that Kevin Conroy died, and I was like, what? And I think the first thing I did was texted you, because I assumed you were still sleeping. <laughs> you did text me. And, and so the first thing you saw when you woke up was a text from me that said Kevin Conroy died. <laughs> yeah, and then I was just like, what? And then also, too, what I like being of my group of friends, being the comic book nerd person, when things like this happen, they all think of me. So you weren't the only one. I got... Yeah like two other texts from friends That's like funny. did you see this and and i was just like man this kind of sucks keep getting reminded because he he's he batman. batman even he's though batman. for me personally like i still love michael keaton and number two you can't like deny now kevin's like role to oh my batman God. And, and he loved it he fucking loved it yes it was so important to him to like continue on with that you know what i mean yep and he's he's been that voice in multiple games and you know different you know cartoons not just the animated series but all the animated type ones uh he even got to play batman once mm -hmm. in the uh, Is that flash yeah when they, whatever they when they did an infinite earth something yeah, or other and, and that was kind of a yep. cool cameo they got to do and just you know a lot of people from you know, the video games that he voiced in the, the Batman franchise and stuff. And Mark Camel really, he's taken it uh, very personal because they had such a good dynamic uh, from recording. Because on Batman the Animated Series, what I found out is most uh, animated series, uh, you know, type uh, shows... You have the, the voice actor in a booth by themselves and you add all the dialogue together. But what they did was they had all the voice actors on set at once to record together. Mm. So you get a very, uh, you know, this Batman versus, you know, Mark's Joker laughing at him. And, like, you can kind of improvise and do things differently and right. really play off each other and just learning that's how they did it and how they became even better friends and just, you know, lots of outpouring, you know, for Kevin. And that's... 
So just just some facts about Kevin Conroy that people might not know because um, a lot of people just know him as the voice of Batman. He was actually a classically trained actor. He went to Juilliard. His roommate at Juilliard was Robin Williams. Oh, really? Yep. He went to Juilliard with Robin Williams and Kelsey Grammer. Wow. Yeah. So he he's in high company there. Also, um, gay, which a lot of people didn't know. I did not know that. Um, he didn't actually reveal it until, like, I want to say, like, five or six years ago. Okay. But since then, he has, um, when he did come out, it became important for him to, like... Advocate for stuff. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So that's definitely, uh, I know that there's been plenty of, uh, fan, there's, uh, in Burbank, California, there's a Batman statue that was unveiled there, and a lot of people are leaving flowers and stuff yeah. there and everything. And Still a great guy. Great all-around guy. Yeah. Um, loved and, fans. And again... Loved doing cons. For our age, we all watched... There's not a single person our age that didn't watch Batman the right. Anime Series. And, At least once. Even if you're a kid that, like... Like, I didn't watch it frequently. I grew up with the... I didn't have cable growing mm-hmm. up. So, like, you know, it, when I did see it, it was either at a friend's house or I watched it later in life. But... Even even before, like I really watched it, watched it. If you heard that voice, you it's Batman. Yeah. It's Batman. You don't you don't even necessarily like if you didn't watch the Batman animated series, you don't always know where you heard it. But when you hear it, one hundred percent, you're like, that's fucking Batman. Yep. And it's one of the best <laughs> Batman. Yeah. Voice. Like a lot of people know, and it's mock all the time. Like, oh, I'm Batman, and like that. But he just had it. His voice, even between Bruce Wayne and Batman, was yeah. so subtle, but yet so distinct between the two that you could tell which one is talking and who they are. Yep. As a yeah, so uh, rest in peace there. And then one other person that I learned just passed away. Who for me, I enjoyed the slapstick type comedy. Oh. So I do just want to mention uh, Gallagher. Gallagher one. To be very clear, not Gallagher 2. I didn't know there was a Gallagher 2. No. So Gallagher, the original Gallagher, which is the one who just died, went so many years and then decided he decided he didn't want to do it. I'm flailing about. Decided he didn't want to do it anymore, so he sold the rights to the perform under the name to his brother. Oh. So his brother has been performing as Gallagher in the more recent years. So if you've seen Gallagher recently, that's Gallagher too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The more you know. I know. It's crazy stuff. I didn't know about it either, but Josh was like, when I, when he told me that it, that Gallagher died the other day, I was like, Oh, and he was like, I don't know if it was Gallagher one or Gallagher two though. And I was like, what? (laughs) I mean, they look exactly the same. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, they're brothers. And I'm like, oh, okay. I will say that, like, most people would know more Kevin Conroy than Gallagher. I, I don't know, though, because I feel like that smashing of the watermelon thing is a trope. But I was going to say, that's something yeah. that they would know of Gallagher. Yeah. If they didn't even know who Gallagher was, they've probably seen or heard something of a guy that smashes yeah. watermelons. And uh, I don't get the humor. I don't. It's dumb. It's, it's so dumb. I know you have to wear like ponchos when you went to his show if you yeah. were sitting in the front couple rows and stuff like that. I don't quite understand it, but I do know he was a phenom. Like people, his shows were always especially packed. At, especially at the time. Yeah, uh, it was so he also passed away. And then one other thing before we get to, uh, we'll eventually get to reviews. Maybe. <laughs> we're doing things in reverse <laughs> yeah. this week. Uh, Jay Leno. Uh, is in the burn ward of the hospital. Oh. He uh, just got severely injured in the gasoline fire. I know that he has got of his all those multiple cars in his garage. That's what probably is what happened. He probably has his own pump there to you know put in gas to these old school mobiles, and uh, it doesn't look too good from what I've heard. Uh, very severe burns. So. You know, Jay Leno. You know, everyone at least knows who Jay Leno is. Yeah. He may not be your cup of tea. But it's still kind of bad if you see, you know, right. a celebrity. Be he's retired, and... right? He's not. Yeah. Doing... Oh, yeah. yeah. He's not really doing anything. But I'm just saying, we're saying this now because maybe next week we may say Jay yeah. Leno passed away. Passed. And wow, that's that's a fucked up way. To, like, I didn't realize Kevin Conroy had cancer, and I, from my understanding, it was very um, quick. Like his cancer was mm-hmm. super aggressive, and it was bowel cancer, which is a terrible one to get. 
So I did not realize. But if you look at Kevin Conroy in his recent years, or especially recently, he was in like one of Kevin Smith's movies. If you look at him, you're like, something's wrong with him. Yeah. Right? He didn't look himself. To have Jay Leno die because he set himself on fire. And I'm just making this up. I don't know if he set himself on fire. But in my head, Jay Leno set himself on fire in his own garage. (laughs) And then he dies from it. That's crazy. That shit's fucked up. Unexpected. Yep. So, uh, just want to mention that. So, uh, I'm going to just put in a quick talk about uh, two books. uh, Both of which are number ones. And both of which I feel like I need to read a second time to truly understand. Uh, the first one is Vampirella versus Red Sonia. So I went into this thinking, okay, we're going to have a battle of these beautiful babes. And, uh, and they have the cosplay cover in there. Yeah. I mean, I, I love seeing all the different uh, covers that they they do um, for both Red Sonia and Vampirella. But... Uh, this starts off more of, uh, I, and I had reviewed them before when they had this, uh, it was Vampirella versus the World, or I forget what the the title of the book was, but where that sounds right. There was uh, the superheroes that kind of had a multiverse within, you know, Dynamite books, and, right? Or wait, yeah, yeah, um, Dynamite, yeah, yeah. And they had other superheroes in there. I didn't continue reading after i still have them but i haven't read the rest of the books to understand how that uh went i think it was project superpowers too or something but regardless this involves some of that and that's where i feel like i need to either go back and reread some of those to get who some of these secondary characters are because again i know the two title characters but not all these background ones that and where they're going and what they're planning on doing if this is its own thing Fine, but because I haven't read, or because I did read those other books, I do know these people popped up before, and I'm going to want to know a little bit more. Sure. I do think that for a new reader, you get the gist of where this is going, or at least the big teaser at the end when they go to this world, and it's kind of in chaos, apocalypse, and magic run amok, but um, thought it, you know, thought it was okay, but for me, I need to probably reread it to get a little bit more in depth of sure who the people are but uh and then the second one also a number one is wild cats and this came out the other week actually but it's an image comic wild, yep yeah. remember wild cats at all i didn't really read it, 90s image i didn't either i didn't even really read this i know mel loves uh oh my god oh yes that's her that's her dude yeah and and i remember him being cool because there was a cart- more Saturday morning cartoon show of Wildcats. That's what I got ah. introduced to Wildcats and thinking, this is awesome. And then uh, it was also at a time when I didn't really read comic books because I was a little bit younger. But I probably would have picked up the series at the time had I had money to really get comic books. But again, Saturday mornings, it was there. So right. this is a very uh, well done uh, introduction story. So this kind of goes through the the brief history of who they are you know um being an alien species and then coming to earth and then who each of the the core cast are on the wildcats and everything so there's a decent uh book for anyone that wants to get into this and an updated kind of origin story everything seems to really be from what i can remember uh being similar for for them but uh I think that it was definitely one that uh, readers of the old stories will probably really like, sure. and then new people coming on in. Um, she text Mel and see if she read it and how she liked it. I was going to, but I already probably know that she probably did, just knowing her. <laughs> but also, I know Derek doesn't read as many books anymore, so no. I don't know if Mel would either. Yeah, so. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but there's those two. What did you get? So... When I was looking through the comic books that came out last week, I didn't find a whole lot that I wanted to read. And then I came across this book. And one thing that I can do on Comixology, which I kind of like, is you can download, like, a sample of the book and start reading it to see if it's something you're going to enjoy. So I downloaded, like, the sample, and it was, like, 10 pages of the comic book. And this is a 168-page comic book. <laughs> Damn, I can't believe you read that many pages Graphic. in a week. I read it in a day, Tony. A Holy day. shit. 
I read very quickly. Um, also, it's very good. Uh, so I read the first 10 pages and then I was like, fuck, I have to read the rest of this book. So I bought it. Um, it's called It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth. And it's written and drawn by Zoe Thorogood, who you might know as the artist from the book Rain. Do you remember yep. that book about the needles? Yeah. So she was the artist on that book. And that actually comes up in here during, because this is an autobiographical comic. Okay. So part during part of this book, she's drawing for that book. Um, and the, so this is the synopsis that they put for the book. Cartoonist Zoe Thurgood records six months of her own life as it falls apart in a desperate, in a desperate attempt to put it back together again is the only way that doesn't fucking make sense. Cartoonist Zoe Thurgood records six months of her own life as it falls apart in a desperate attempt to put it back together again in the only way she knows how. That's a sentence. Yeah, it just didn't make sense. I still, <laughs> my brain's not. It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth is an intimate and meta-narrative look at the life of a selfish artist who must create for her own survival. Now, I will say, this was that was written by her. Because if you read this book, I don't find her to be selfish. She suffers from massive depression. And so this whole book is about her dealing... First of all, being... It takes place during COVID. So she's, okay. not only does she have depression and she's an artist and, you know, those two things <laughs> sometimes are helpful and sometimes clash with each other. Yeah. Um, but it's also like she, she, like she's stuck. She's stuck in a place by herself and her brain. And if you suffer from depression, being stuck with your own brain all by yourself is not always a great place to be. Um, it was very... It's a very brave narrative. She gets into everything. She talks about her childhood. She talks about what she's doing. She does. She talks about breakups. She talks about just all of this stuff that happened to her. There's. She didn't leave anything out. And the thing that she did to protect the identities of the people she wrote about in the book is she drew them as animals. So, like, she's the only human in the book. Everyone else has, like, animal faces. Okay. Um, so that was kind of cool. And she doesn't use their names unless I think she uses her best friend's name. I'm assuming she got permission to do that. Um, and she'll also draw herself in different ways, depending on like the person she is at the time. Um, I think I posted something about it on my Facebook and I just think it's a really great book to read if you have depression, because it totally touches on that point of like, a lot of times from the outside, people are always telling you that it's going to be okay or that your life is so good, I don't understand why you're so sad sort of thing. And they don't quite wrap their heads around the idea that depression doesn't fucking care how good your life is. Yeah. If you're going to be sad, it's a chemical in your brain making you that way. Um, if you have depression and you want somebody, you want to feel like somebody understands what you're going through, then you should definitely fucking read this book. If you know somebody who has depression and you are having a hard time understanding what they're going through. This is a really great book to read. Um, and I think one of the things she does nicely in the book is she comes at it from a way of like telling people that like, yes, I have depression, but also part of it I feel selfish about because I don't feel like I'm doing anything to help and that she understands why some people may come at her the way that they do because they don't understand. So it kind of gives people who don't have depression, like a glimpse of what it kind of, yeah, but also not make them feel bad. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> everyone gets it. You don't understand. You just, there's just no way for you to understand if you don't have depression. I don't suffer from depression, but I have my I have plenty of people in my family who do, and I have tons of friends throughout my life who have. And you me, know, she's talking about me. Tony, Tony suffers from what I would call depression light. Uh, um, that's not to say he doesn't suffer from depression, but there are I think there are levels. Yeah, and yours is fairly manageable. Um, some people have it just real, real hard. Um, so I'm curious on the, the page layouts then, like how, 
Is it normal comic booky? Um, no, or... it, it, it yes and no. It it fluctuates. Like there's this whole part. So you get halfway through the book, and like she hits this point where she decides she's gonna like take control of her life. So she literally like throws a new cover page in. Okay. So she starts that over. But there will also be like I think there was one. Yeah. See, there's like she'll throw blank pages in. And full pages. And then there was this one point where she was like, she said something and she's like, I'm just going to let you uh, absorb that for a couple pages. And then you just flip through a couple white pages while you're absorbing what it is that she just wrote about. So it, it is, a, it's, it's, it's got a variety of art styles, layouts. She comes at it from a lot of different ways. It really feels like she drew it depending on what her mood was that day. You know what I mean? Like she that she was doing it while she was going through it. Mm-hmm. So like things varied depending on how she felt that day, and you can he- feel it in the tone of the book, like what she's talking about. Because some days it's very positive, and she's like, "I'm doing it. I'm gonna do it. I'm ready to go." And then the next couple pages will be like, "Oh, why did I do this? This is terrible. <laughs> I'm a f- fucking failure." You know what I mean? So it's just it's a really good I think insight into that world. And the other thing I want to say because of this book um, that they have changed the number for the suicide hotline. Okay. So it used to be this crazy fucking 1-800 number that you had to try and remember. If you are suffering from depression and feeling suicidal, or you know somebody who needs help, the number is now 988. That's it. It's the new number you call if you need to talk to somebody to get through the day or whatever you need to do. It's just 988. That's all you have to remember now. And I hope somebody hears that who needs it. <laughs> and I hope I just said it right. <laughs> now I feel like I need to double check and make sure that it, yeah, it is 988. Yeah. So um, I I really recommend this book a, a whole lot. I think there's a lot of people who could benefit from reading this book. Um and I can guarantee you that she's going to save somebody's life with this book. Somebody is going to read it and feel seen and feel heard and be like, okay, I'm not going to do this today. That's awesome. So I would, and I cried a lot during the book too. Oh, it's just so good. So anyway, it's Lonely at the Center of the Earth. It's from Image. Check it out. Real fucking good. Awesome. Well, that is a good review. I liked it a lot. Um, let's see. Let's I'm probably gonna read it again, like in the next week or so. It was that good. <laughs> Long of a book, man! Wow. <laughs> um, going on to some news. Um, even though we did a, a lot, a good chunk of it yeah. already. Um, so there's more things being axed that. HBO, Warner Brothers, and Harry Potter series is one of them. Oh, they're not going to air it on HBO anymore? No, no, no. Uh, so they've the Fantastic Beasts movies have had three now? Yeah, I think so. And there were supposed to be four, mm. uh, what they had planned. Well, it doesn't seem like that's going anywhere. I think that's okay. And, th- and that one, it's kind of like I... Yeah. Did I the under- last one even do good? No. Yeah. And, and also I heard that, I mean, a lot of this has to do with uh, uh, Rowling's her being her and oh, you mean her being anti-trans and people just trying to distance from. But I also yeah. like I like uh, Daniel Radcliffe came out and said flat out though like, you know, please we can disassociate her with what Harry Potter is like, which oh, I, sure. again I've always said that before too. You can hate the you can. You have Love the to. art, the work of art yes. that is music and you have comic to. books and stuff from the person and appreciate the world that they yeah. gave to us. So yes, don't hate on Harry Potter because of one person, but I can also see a company wanting to be like, oh, is this going to be yeah. ruined? But also those movies, we're they, not great. Well, because they they did movies that didn't need to be made. It could have been the first Fantastic Beast was good and it could have stopped there and just explained there's other wizards or when they try to tie I think personally they should have just did a whole American version with American wizards while the Harry Potter stuff went mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But when you force the Harry Potter 
people and names like Dumbledore to come into it. It really convoluted a, a separate world that could have enhanced the world of Harry Potter with more wizards and more things. Right. And, didn't even have to be American. It could have been Canadian. Well, yeah, or just, that's part of the or, um, uh, the, the yeah, monarchy. empire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I really just and then having the you know force in the whole Voldemort thing. Like we had seven movies of Voldemort. We don't need a origin yeah. story for Voldemort and Dumbledore. We, we know and, his origin story. They told us in Harry Potter yeah. what it was. So. <laughs> We so don't just, need it again. So just saying that, that yeah, that just seems to be uh, a good uh, decision from them, but also just another decision another thing of they're axing. axing as well. And I could see them getting a little bit more uh, money for that. Uh, so James Gunn has already uh, started to get some rumors going with the DC Universe, and I think you'll be happy about this, uh, talking about Lobo. Oh, that makes me nervous, though. Lobo's a hard one to do. You don't think James Gunn could do it? If anyone can do it, it's James yeah. Gunn. But it's still, it's still, a, that's a hard character to do. And that's where I feel like if the rumors are true, again, he's just kind of tweeted saying he wanted to do this. Yeah. Um, uh, Jason Momoa is all about it, which again, I'm like, well, you're Aquaman already, but I could totally see you being Lobo. <sighs> yeah. yeah. And honestly, I wouldn't. I would be totally okay with him just playing Lobo. Uh, his Aquaman that he did was great, but wasn't who I envisioned playing Aquaman. Like his build and everything was not. It's a lot better uh, for people who love Aquaman. Of like, yeah, man, he looks pretty good. Yeah. Never really considered that the body style or no the, the only or... the only to me in in my head the body style that he matched i mean in most things aquaman's blonde yeah but so in batman brave and the bold he was kind of beefy and in the nope i'm thinking of thor in that one but in batman brave <laughs> and the bold he was he was kind of a beefy guy i was thinking of ultimate avengers the animated one but that was oh. th that was totally thor thor and aquaman kind of interchangeable there <laughs> In some aspects. Yeah. So, what do you think if they did a Lobo film? What would, what would you have them do? Oh my! I mean, oh, obviously you have to do his have origin him. story. But the thing about Lobo is, he says that his origin story is that he killed everyone on his planet, and in recent years that has come out to not be true. But I still like so you could play with that. You could play with the original origin. Um. And still kind of bring it into, like, somebody finding out that that's not true. He really just got fucking kicked off the planet for being a real fucking shit heel. And I think at some point somebody was like, what do you mean? There are, like, Zarnians everywhere. <laughs> remember the metrosexual uh, Lobo? Yeah, oh, that one out? was terrible. I felt that was just trying to be too much Mr. Sinister. Yeah. Like, but uh, I'm trying to I'll, remember, so Lobo's first appearance, I actually own it. Um, he, the way he looked originally was real fucked up too. He had like, I want to say it was like purple hair or something like that, um, and he showed up just raiding somebody's ship in space. I just like how uh, I, I don't know what to say, but he's just. I don't want to say white trash, space white trash. No, but... he totally is space white trash. He would take that as a compliment. Okay. <laughs> so that's okay. Um, I also like if they, so my, fa one of my favorite storylines is actually one from the early 2000s during the 52 series, you know, after the, after one of the crisis where all the big three or four or whatever go away and they do all the one comic a week and it has all the, like the B list. There's this. There's this storyline where he runs into these space dolphins and he saves them and he becomes like a god to them and they kind of follow him I around everywhere. That. So that's what he, yeah, he had purple hair originally. He, so his first appearance was in Omega Men. Um, and it was just real crazy looking. Yeah, so that like, does not look like the, the, the person that we know now. No. So I hope that they go with the long lasting dreadlocked sort of appearance that has become the most common one 
Um, he has to be funny. He has to be funny, and he has to be R-rated. Yeah. You can't do... It has to be like a Deadpool-type movie. He doesn't break the fourth wall that I know of, um, but... But he's definitely not a PG-13 no, person. He could. You could not do a good Lobo movie by doing that. So, this is one of those things, like... I was also very excited about the prospect of them doing Dark Phoenix, and they fucked that up twice. So, I just can't hold my breath for stuff like that. Hmm. You know? He has to have a motorcycle. He has to call people bastiches. <laughs> Those are the requirements. Chains. There has to be chains. But I wonder if they'll do, like, the more modern one where he has the daughter, too. Because he has a daughter in the yeah. comic books now. Who's a good guy, I think. Yeah. I could, and you know what? I'd probably, that would definitely either be a teaser at the end, mm -hmm. or since it's the more now comics, they'd probably maybe incorporate what story that's going on too. Yeah. But I think a solo, him, childless would be better. I think so too. I just wonder if they're going to try and shoehorn that in. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing with Earth 616. Um, in the in the latest Avengers, um, one of the things that they've uh, done with the whole Earth BC or the BC Avengers and everything, um, right now uh, in this issue, Avengers sixty two, uh, Agamotto, the original you know Sorcerer Supreme, has been um, ha traveling throughout time and he's come face face with Mephisto. Oh. And he has said uh, the the great heroes of prehistory from Earth, just like this one, all struck down, all butchered. And here I have to stand alone on Earth 616. Interesting number that. On some worlds, they call it the true number of the beast. Oh, man. That's our area code. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to keep mentioning that every time we say 616. <laughs> But I find that interesting of they're trying to give some meaning to 616 when, well, no, it was just a random number that they used. Yeah. It is a pretty badass number when you think of it. It's, you know. Is it? I, I mean, just two little sixes with the one in between? Like. Okay. Sure. I don't know. It, it, it feels like it's a. Do you feel partial to it because it is our area code? <laughs> There's some partiality there, I think. Yes, but I, I don't know. I, I think, though, when you have all these, you know, Earth 1208 or Earth uh, 1307, those are real no numbers, by the way. Maybe. I don't <laughs> making those up. 616 just seems like a powerful, or close to 666, which, you know, in the Bible is the number of the beast or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Earth 818, there's all these other ones, but 616 just seems to jive, man. Yeah. I don't know, and it well, probably is the partiality of it being our area right. code. But. Because, well, and you know, they couldn't actually name any of the universe's Earth 666 because of the connotation of that completely random number that somebody chose one day as being the mark of the beast. I guarantee you there probably is one already, just it's... Somebody wrote it, and then they put it in a drawer somewhere. Yeah, it's the evil universe. Marvel <laughs> was like, nope. It's, it's Yeah, it's the, the evil universe where everyone has goatees. And, <laughs> and even the good guys are bad guys. Um, speaking of good guys. Good guys. Uh, I know you've never watched Pokemon in your life, but it is... That's not true. I had I have a child who is a boy. Not that that matters, but he watched it when he was younger. So I have happened to walk through a room whilst it was on the television. Well, after 25 years, Ash has finally become the greatest trainer oh ever. Gosh. Which I, I'm surprised that this has not happened in... And past. has not aged a day. <laughs> Poor kid is stuck in virginhood for his entire existence. I mean, yeah. Can you imagine being the greatest trainer ever? Like, the amount of poo you would get with... Right. Except not, because you're 12. 
or however old he is. Brock is the one getting all the tail on that show. See? I have watched it. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) No, there's been so so many news articles that I've seen lately that I have to just mention. Like, I didn't realize that he had not been recognized until this past weekend. The episode aired in Japan, so it hasn't hit American, you know, TVs yet, but... They finally said, yeah, you're the greatest now. Wow. So where do they go from there? Like, right. he's gone to all these different regions, won all these pokey badges, which some of the articles that I've read said, in those first couple badges he got, they just gave them to him. He didn't even battle them. They're just like, all right, here, <laughs> here you, you go. go. So here you go, small really child. Count, but, uh, and he still has a Pikachu, who's probably a level 9,000 right. at this point. Yeah. Like, who could... And actually, and he, he hasn't was, evolved at all. Well, he stopped the uh, evolution. I remember there was a whole episode of that where they explained why he wanted him to stay Pikachu. Oh, regardless of going to Raichu like, or not, he but, like castrated him or something. Well, I mean, in the games too, you can stop an evolution if you didn't want that Pokemon to go. But that isn't way. the point of an evolution to make them more powerful? So, oh yeah, you get uh, you get better or different uh, move sets that you can have. So he didn't want Pikachu to be more powerful. I just think that they already had other episodes already <laughs> drawn that had do him you, as Pikachu. Do you, well, yeah, I mean, Pikachu doesn't live in his ball, right? Yeah. So he's definitely more of a pet <laughs> than a Pokemon. Um, but, like, do they lose their previous memories when they evolve? Like, would Pikachu remember who he is? No, well, so certain... How does this work? I don't I know mean, the I'm going for the... I don't know the intricacies of the show, which would be more of a narrative thing. I know in the games, at least, you know, certain Pokemon back in the day could only learn certain moves. Like, okay. if you weren't a water type, you couldn't uh, learn a water type move like Splash or anything. Certain... Uh, characters maybe had that one special move that you could only get when they evolved into their mm. next thing. Uh, a lot of times when I would play, though, I would always just get, you know, some powerful move and some hypnosis move and, you know, make them go to sleep and then hit them really hard. But uh, that could be a reason why you wouldn't want to uh, evolve them to get these different move sets that could be more powerful, but maybe... Uh, you already have a move that you gave them that you found from something that you didn't want to get erased or whatever. Hmm. I could be completely wrong in some of the newer ones, but at least my knowledge of the original games gotcha. went something like that. Well, good job, Ash. Yes. For after after 25 years, you finally hit the the top of your game. Yep. Now maybe he can... Age? <laughs> I don't know. Go visit his mom again? Yeah. She's probably oh, missing weird. him. 25 years on the road and well yeah and i mean i also can't believe it's 25 years that's a fucking long yeah, yeah. uh franchise to keep going now that would be a 97 then right 25 yeah, years that, that makes about sense yeah when i remember getting i was still in high school um do you have any news cuz i really only have one other thing what do you think? Well, yeah. Why do I even ask? <laughs> because every once in a while I'm like, hey, I got something. <laughs> so, as I keep, you know, going on about how amazing Andor is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Disney is also thinking that more people need to watch this excellent show that may not have Disney+. Plus. So, on Thanksgiving, or at least the Thanksgiving weekend... Uh, various different networks, uh, ABC, FX, uh, even Hulu, are going to be uh, airing the first two episodes of Andor. So people that don't have, obviously if you have ABC, which everyone does because it's a basic uh, channel, uh, or even having some of these other ones, uh, can now watch the first two episodes to get hooked on the show. Yeah, nice. And I think that's a perfect weekend to do it as well. I mean, a lot of people are going to be uh, home with family or just mm-hmm. kind of home after vegging out and uh yeah so i think that's awesome nice more people need to watch this show 
See, so you want to do a quick Lindsay Scans news headlines? Sure. They're making a Bioshock movie on Netflix. Did you know that? Did you ever play that game? Yes, I have. I played the first one, and okay. I got the other two, but I haven't. It's a great game. Yet. So that's interesting. I like the lore behind it, too. Yeah, it's kind of cool. James Tinney and Quattro is launching a Dark Horse comic book line. We all love James Tinney and Quattro. <laughs> never, never once heard Quacho added there. But, no, I think that's what Young Neil used to call him. That's a good. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, let's see. What else do we got here? Not a lot. There's just not a lot of news. Yep. All right. Well then, we'll close out with booze in a book. Booze in a book this week is Spider-Man The Lost Hunt. If you've ever read the wildly acclaimed uh, Spider-Man The Last Hunt, which had Kraven um, hunting Spider-Man, um, this kind of goes... A, uh, it's kind of a sequel-ish kind of, uh, you know, narrative-wise to that. Uh, has Spider-Man with uh, in this world with a pregnant Mary Jane, and he's being hunted uh, you know, kind of in his mind of past, uh, you know, bad guys that he's beaten and everything. And uh, our booze of choice for this uh, story comes from a mispronunciation uh, or mishearing <laughs> where I said the, the lost hunt. And I said, did you just say the lost cunt? And that just made us laugh. And then when we were thinking of a... a a drink to pair with this when we... I turn to our friends at Field and Stream because if you're going to go hunting, why not go to your friends at Field and Stream? And the <laughs> shot that you found <laughs> this is the funniest thing but it's, it sounds excellent so I'll definitely do the shot. It's called the duck fart. <laughs> so it's actually a shot it's a layered shot um, with equal parts Kahlua Bailey's Irish Cream and Crown Royal Canadian Whiskey. Um, so it looks like from the picture, you layer the Kahlua first and then the Irish cream on top and, or Irish cream in the middle and then the whiskey on top. Now, this is the, probably the least paired of the shot to the book, but the way that we came about it, I'm still laughing. So it works and people love to duck hunt. Yeah. So fucking there. Craven (laughs) loves to duck hunt. So does Spider-Man. It works. Um, well, that's it for this week. Right on. Uh, we are planning. We still need to decide when we're gonna do the movie. So yeah, Thanksgiving is next week. Yeah. So if uh, somehow we miss that week and don't uh, put that in there, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Yep. And uh, we'll see you in soon. December. Yeah. God, it's already. Yep. This year is flying by. It is. And the weather, weather from where we're at, went from spring break to midwinter. Yeah, but listen, two days. I have friends that live in like Ohio and shit like that, and they got like inches of snow, and we got like a delicate dusting of snow on Sunday. So it's coming, and it's winter is coming. Out of out of anything that Game of Thrones has. (laughs) put into the zeitgeist of pop culture. Yeah. Winter is coming. Winter done came. And it is always coming. All over your face, neck, and chest. <laughs> so stay thirsty for more winter. coming of winter. Winter's come. 